On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we are going to hear from Sham Sharania himself, the Athletics NBA insider, on his report that the Nets are pursuing NBA legend Greg Popovich. We're going to hear from Shams himself. He actually said a couple of revealing things that were not, in fact, in his story. And Brian and I are then going to chop it up and talk about it. And we may talk a little bit about the Nets' end of the bubble run. Goodbye, Bubble Nets. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetSaley.com, The Athletic. To get 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic, go to TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. Get yourself 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic because you can read stories like the one we are about to discuss. Sham Sharania from The Athletic reporting that the Nets are pursuing Greg Popovich. And you can read the full story if you have a subscription. So what we're going to do is we're going to, Shams is actually going to join us here. I just did a quick little interview with Shams, about a 10 minute interview with him about his story. Then we're going to come back. Brian and I are going to discuss that interview. And we're going to talk more broadly about Popovich's chances to become the Brooklyn Nets head coach. Yeah. Love it. Why don't you do, go pair off with Shams now. Okay. You go pair off with him. Joining me now is The Athletic's NBA insider, Sham Sharania, who has broken the story that the Nets are pursuing Greg Popovich to be their next head coach. First, before we get to the Popovich part of your story, you've done a lot of reporting on the Nets coaching search overall. Go through the names again that you've been hearing maybe linked to the opening head coaching position with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so as I reported on August 11th, the Nets want an ownership there Joe Sy, you know, they want a full-scale process for the next head coach. And, you know, the incumbent being Jack Vaughn, he will be a significant candidate in all this. There will be some other names, Jason Kidd, Ty Lue, Ime Udoka, Jeff Van Gundy. Um, but, you know, as these last few weeks have gone on, um, the Nets' priority and, and one of their goals early on in the coaching search is to see if they can explore the possibility of Greg Popovich, the iconic Spurs coach. And, and there is a lot of connections between Popovich and this Nets organization from the various people in the front office, like Sean Marks, their assistant GM Andy Birdsong. Um, obviously, Jock Vaughn played and coached under Pop in San Antonio. A couple of assistants that are on staff in San Antonio, in Brooklyn, are, were also on staff in San Antonio. So there are a lot of connections there. Uh, Sean Marks and Greg Popovich have have a good amount of relationship, of a good relationship. And maybe even the most important thing of all is that Kevin Durant, I'm told, is a big fan um, of, of Greg Popovich. There's a lot of mutual respect there um, that, that dates back to even the Thunders coaching process in 2015. And, um, you know, Kevin Durant has a major voice um, and, and major influence in terms of how the, the Nets go about their thinking over the next three years of his contract. And uh, I think Greg Popovich does represent a bonding candidate between the organization, their star player, uh, probably the most out of any of the candidates 
on the board. So this is obviously, I mean, this is a huge name. Popovich is a legend, a living legend right now in the NBA. And I think most people, and even in your reporting, you called it, some people considered it a pipe dream, just getting Popovich out of San Antonio to go anywhere. What do you think the Nets pitch will be to Popovich in whatever fashion it will be to try to convince him to leave San Antonio? I think it's probably a multi-part pitch, right? One, you have the talent in terms of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, guys that respect Pop, want to be coached by Pop. Then you have the connections to the organization uh, that, that are vast, as I mentioned earlier. And then Joe Sy has the fluidity in terms of his overall cash flow and you know his, his aggressiveness and his hunger to try to build a championship team in Brooklyn that you know, if you have an owner that's very, very motivated to do something and pursue a coach of that stature, you assume that there is a strong uh, financial and business element involved as well. So, um, again, before anything takes off, the Nets would have to request permission. There would need to be interest on Popovich's end and also uh, most likely down the line compensation potentially as well if Pop were to leave San Antonio. Um, but, again, at 71 after – uh, leading that franchise for 26 years, going into New York and taking a totally new opportunity. Um, I do think that people on the league uh, presume it's a pipe dream, but again, one that uh, I think Brooklyn wants to see through during the search process. Do we know how involved Josiah is in this search? Is he working hand in hand with Sean Marks or is he essentially saying to Marks, go through your process. I will support you as fully as I can in terms of financials or whatever. But Marks, you were leading it. Or are they more partners in this job search for the next head coach for this team? Yeah, they're, they're more partners, I'm told. They're more, it's more of a, uh, of a Sean Marks ownership uh, discussion that is going to be ongoing. It has been ongoing. Um, it's only going to rise even more now that the season is over uh, and, the, and the Nets are out of the playoffs. And um, uh, you know, Sean March is going to work very closely with ownership in terms of figuring out who the best coach is. And again, I, I don't want to cancel Jock Vaughn out of this race because I do believe that the, the, the core players of this franchise, Karis LeVert has already made clear he likes Jock Vaughn as the coach moving forward. I do think, I, I do think some of even Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving have looked from afar. You know, not being in Orlando is difficult, not being a part of this restart not being able to see Jack Vaughn's work hand, uh, hands-on up close it is difficult to sign off on. But I do think there has been some warming up in terms of the job that Jack Vaughn could do uh, down the line um, if he does secure this job. So um, I do believe it will be an ownership for an office uh, partnership hand-in-hand discussion here. Now, obviously, in your report on The Athletic, um, we most of it was focused on that the Nets are pursuing in some way or beginning a pursuit of Greg Popovich. But do we know anything about how Pop necessarily feels in the situation, or is that still unclear at this point? Pop is pretty by the book, and so you know, Pop said once the season ended um, in San for San Antonio that he intends to continue coaching, and and I don't, I haven't sensed an indication that it would be anywhere but San Antonio. But again, the the, the fact remains is that there are a lot of connections that the Nets will exercise and see the viability of, of, of a pursuit. And it may just be a couple phone calls away um, between, you know, the, the, the parties involved and, and you get to the root idea. Um, but, you know, I, I think there is some, some hope within the Nets that this could be a discussion uh, that moves forward. And it's a discussion, right? I, I, so my theory has always been that Joe Sy has, he's an aggressive business person, 
like a lot of people that are billionaires and that he would at least want to put forward a deal to make pop think about that and that's what i'm kind of reading from your story that it's the nets are pursuing it because you might as well start at the top and if you're going to do an honest coaching search you might as well go for the biggest fish possible is that what this is or or is there maybe more here is there maybe a little maybe some feelings back and forth between pop and brooklyn yeah, I, I think there's an optimism, and and but at the end of the day, this is definitely a we need to make sure that we exhaust every option, um, and even work in 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 conjunction with Kevin Durant, and and work in conjunction with the core players, and and hearing out their ideas, their mindset, because you know th- these these guys are going to be very important to the Nets' future. Their contending ability will be based upon the health and the mindset and the fitness of guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And so you want those guys to be involved. And um, every indication I've gotten is that uh, there will be uh, an involvement in terms of the direction of this search. Okay. So one last question before I let you go. Timeline here. So what are the things that need to happen that we should be watching for as, as fans or people who follow basketball around the nets? What should we be watching for as sort of this story develops between whether the nets are more successful than not about getting Popovich? It, it'll be when, if and when they request permission, if if the talks progress from there. Um, my sense is overall that the Nets hope to have a coach locked in within the next month. Um, and, and I think that is um, the goal from what I'm told. And so I think you're going to see a process that could play out fairly quick over the next couple of weeks. All right, Shams, thanks you so much for joining us. Of course, if you want to actually read his reporting as opposed to getting it aggregated, uh, you can go to The Athletic. And you can actually dive in and read Shams's words from himself about the Nets head coaching situation. Thanks so much, man. Awesome. I appreciate you. Hey, it's Mike Smeltz from the Glue Guys telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports, is celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all of their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you have to do is download the DraftKings app and sign up using the promo code QUICK and then enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. It is really that easy to claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the one running to win $1 million cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entering. While you're in the app, do not forget to check out all of the great odds, boost, and promotions DraftKings Sportsbook is offering every day to celebrate this week's basketball and golf action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. That's promo code QUICK to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler.
So, Brian, that was our interview with Sham Sharania. Wow. Very exciting. What did Sham say? What did he have to say? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Brian wasn't with me because I'm technically on paternity leave. So, we're kind of patchworking our pod. And this was an emergency situation, the Sham Sharania report. I'm not, I'm not as offended as I'm letting on. That's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. So, what I'm going to do is, I, I think, to me, the main takeaways in an interview you didn't hear, but our listeners would have heard, is that there is real optimism amongst the Nets that they have a shot at getting Popovich. But Shams said that and then immediately said, but also the Nets are doing a thing where they're trying to check basically this box to say that they pursued Greg Popovich so that if it doesn't work out, at least they tried for the best possible person. It is like when, uh, I guess, Disney bought Fox's properties, which ended up getting them the X-Men. It'd be like if they didn't end up buying Fox for $40 billion and they bought like AMC Network and got the Mad Men library. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's an interesting, like, so are we going to hear like just literally every single prominent name? Like is Phil Jackson coming down the pike? I mean, what's, by that logic, we should literally hear every prominent coach's name, right? Is that... This is an obvious move for the Nets. If there's any team in the NBA that could possibly pry Greg Popovich away from San Antonio, it is the Brooklyn Nets with all the connections that they had. Shams laid it out in this article, but it's, what, of course, what we know. Sean Marks, Jacques Vaughn, if he's still a part of the staff, Andy Birdsong, who's like an assistant GM great with the Nets, Tiago Splitter, another great name, Yeah, a lot of another names. Net, former Spur, and they have KD and Kyrie Irving. But so Shams was saying legitimate optimism probably going to happen seems fairly <laughs> locked in, right? That's, was yeah, that that's the takeaway? Exact, that's, yeah. that's the exact pull quote that Bleacher Report should uh, post up with this pod. Optimism, but it is sort of checking a box. Kevin Durant is a big driving force in this situation because Durant greatly respects, as I'm sure every player does, but greatly respects Greg Popovich. And Kevin Durant has a big voice right now in the Nets organization, and it's going to matter who he thinks. And I think it's interesting. I didn't ask Shams this, but he didn't mention Kyrie Irving so much as being a guy who has the big voice. I do wonder if there's some like hierarchy that's already developed where Durant, even though he hasn't played, it's like obvious that he's the guy. He's a little LeBron James in the organization. And Kyrie is back to being sort of like the second guy. Like when they came here, it felt like they were on the same tier. I think KD's a little bit higher. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I mean, I, I, it is obviously true that like Kevin Durant is the guy and, and Kyrie is on a, for political reasons, on a lesser tier. But I don't know that Kyrie doesn't know that. I think that's the part of it that I think he's maybe come to terms with. Whereas in the first version of it, where it was LeBron James, that was like forced upon him and against his will. And this one was like, if I'm going to be the second fiddle, at least it's my guy. You know, I, I get to choose the first fiddle. Right. Um, in, a, in a sense. <laughs> There's so much to talk about with this Greg Popovich situation. I mean, it's understandable why the Nets would want Greg Popovich. What's the case for Pop coming to Brooklyn? It's hard for me not to include a tons of bias in this, trying to d- divorce myself from it, you know, outside of just like beautiful New York City, all time great time to, to be a buyer. <laughs> You know, in New York it City, is a good time to be, especially when you're when you're continually uh, if you haven't been listening to the glue guys that much. Pop has been trying to sell his house in San right. Antonio and he mm. cannot he cannot get anyone to take it off his hands. His like 90 square foot, <laughs> yeah. 90,000 square foot home in San Antonio. Speaking of which, have, have people been giving your 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 due credit here? Mike, has anybody come out of the woodwork to be like Mike was on top of this thing early? I mean, you're on top of a lot of stuff early, so I get it. It's a long list. But no, you're, you're still getting dragged in the mud, huh? I don't want to make this all about me, Brian, 
But <laughs> I mean, we need to we need to do this is about me, too, because, you know, the PR of the show, we, you know, it's it's valuable for me as well. Um, I, I did go through our Google Doc. So to do a rundown of the show and I'm putting quotes around rundown of the show because it's just a loose bit of bullet points and thoughts that I never actually say on the show. But I, I did want to go back because I've been saying that Greg Popovich is the mystery coach X for about a year now with this team, even before Kenny was fired. And I went all the way back. Literally the day Kenny got fired when we did a pod, I dramatically titled my Google Doc, The Day the Culture Died. That was the, wow, my dramatic. That was it was, dramatic. Yeah. It was dra- it's usually and just Nets Giant pod. red, blood red <laughs> Comic Sans font. And on there, there's a list of candidates. And I remember, of course, saying this on the pod, Greg Popovich. This is when Kenny Atkinson was fired, which was back in March, which felt, which is forever ago. It has been interesting, Brian, and I know that you've been tuned to this as well. The number of increasing level of, quote unquote, respectable media who has been, I think Pop could really go to Brooklyn. I think it could really happen. Wow, this is exciting. When we here on The Glue Guys have been saying it for months, have been saying it for months. Now, let it out. We had no reporting. I don't think we have your extra human uh, intuition what are you talking about you have you have your ability to get into to zillow's back end and and understand from a high level what that seller is doing uh, yes i do have a mole inside greg popovich's his reclaimed stone jerusalem yes. seller that is on his <laughs> with property that, with two is a giant table i keep thinking about this table it's like a 20 foot long medieval style like dining table with two giant wooden chairs just at the ends so that if you were going to have drink wine with someone you'd be shouting across a giant white tiled basement and if you don't know what we're talking about i urge you all to go google greg popovich's house in San Antonio, and there'll be a very delightful story that will make you very happy. And again, the price on the home continues to drop, meaning he's he's a motivated buyer, motive or seller, excuse me. But no, I think I know I'm ridiculous. And like I did this whole like Katie's going to play this season thing. And I drove that thing into the ground. Every little Instagram video of Katie dunking or even making a layup. Or if there was a picture of him on a bicycle, not even a, a video, but just a picture of him. I would do a whole podcast about it. And literally this a completely insane thing happened where there was a global pandemic and the season stopped and then restarted three months later and still he didn't come back. So, you know, I was like proven wrong, though. I, I guess I could argue that the pandemic and not wanting to come back in this weird bubble situation maybe motivated Katie not to come back this season. Who knows? I could argue that, but I won't. This Popovich thing, I do feel like I feel a little bit like someone should just notice that we've been talking about this for a long time. And that the, the reason why we have, and I think this is what the, the main point of is, it bolsters the case of why Popovich would come. We've been talking about this is because there's all of these kind of loose threads out there that if I was Greg Popovich, it would make me want to look somewhere else. One is, and we, we've gone on this over and over again, but like while the Spurs were a nice story in the bubble, the team really doesn't have like a tremendous future. There's no like obvious, they don't have like a top pick. Even if they had a top pick in this draft, it wouldn't be that impactful. So they don't have like an easy path forward. They're probably one of the least talented teams in all of the Western Conference. And they are only have as good of a record as they have is because of Greg Popovich and the system in place. So the Spurs aren't that good. The Nets are a championship contender. There's no question they are a contender. Can I say something too, that why it's like a particularly good fit? Because like they're a championship contender, but it's also from a coaching perspective, kind of a a nice fit because it's not a certain thing, right? People aren't 
kind of expect it. Like they're in the championship conversation potentially, but we really don't know what the whole thing's going to look like. And it's, you know, not a, not much of a secret that the Kyrie plus KD fit is by no means a certain one. So there's like a kind of a nice, like it's a nice challenge. It's also a little bit of a hedging of the bet. It's kind of a good situation for a prominent coach to land in. Yeah. It's, it's really fertile ground, right? Like literally the seeds haven't even been planted yet. This isn't the Sixers situation where if you're the next coach for the Sixers, there could be some benefit to being like the new voice in the room and Embiid and Simmons will listen to you differently than they listen to Brett Brown. But the new coach will have to come into the Sixers situation and change the culture. Quotes again around changing the culture. The Nets are like a new team, completely new team. And and the culture has been pretty damn good in Brooklyn. So it's it, like there's some disappointment that the Nets got swept by the Raptors, but are you really that upset that like Chris Chioza and Tyler Johnson couldn't pull off an upset against the reigning NBA champions? I don't think you, you could be that upset about that. It's It really is a nice situation. So like Spurs are bad, Nets are good. <laughs> There's tremendous amount of connections as Shams laid out in the interview between Greg Popovich and people that are currently working for your Brooklyn Nets. And I've gone over this before and I think it really does matter. It's not money. Because Pop is the highest paid coach in the league, and I'm sure the Spurs would continue to pay him at such a high rate. And it's not like power within the organization because Pop runs the Spurs. It's politics. And the Spurs ownership is extremely uh, pro-Trump. They fundraise for President Trump to a big degree. They support him to a big degree. And Pop is very pro-human rights, pro-Black Lives Matter. He has been the most vocal of coaches during this ever since George, George Floyd's murder. So the situation is changing as we continue to go on through this year. And if you're Greg Popovich and you're older, you may make the decision that like, you know, at this point, I'd rather go somewhere where Brooklyn, all of his pop's ideals are going to be embraced. Barclays is the center for Black Lives Matter protests in New York City. It is the center for many protests overall in Brooklyn. It's it, the Josiah has been one of the most forward owners in sports in supporting those type of movements. Kyrie Irving himself is extremely has been really dedicated to the cause during this time. So like all of these factors, I think, lead to pop, maybe probably trying to consider whether this thing is right, though, like percent chance. I couldn't tell you what what like what percentage. Yeah, definitely over 50. But let me also give you this. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't do that. Um, That's a (laughs) meme. That was a meme. Um, Here's an interesting fact that maybe everybody knows that I didn't. But did you know that Greg Popovich is currently the oldest NBA coach in history that the NBA ever had? That is amazing. did everyone know that? Is that a thing that everybody knew? I'm, I'm citing the Oklahoman.com, a great a great source, but I'm, I have no reason to doubt it. But yeah, he just passed Hubie, Hubie Brown, who was 71 years, 69 days old on his, fina, on his final game. And when the uh, bubble reopened, Cherboy Pop was 71 years, 192 days, Mike. So can I tell you something? As much as I, I love Greg Popovich and I've loved, I've been pushing the Pop to Brooklyn argument. I am a little worried that our guy, Greg Popovich, just 2% of me, a little worried. I know what you're about to say. That this feels very Nixian, what the Nets Mm. are about to do. It feels very much like I've been diving into the history of the the past 20 years of the Knicks, ever since James Dolan took over the team. And here are the coaches that the Knicks have hired over the past 20 years. Mike D'Antoni, 
Larry Brown, Lenny Wilkins, Phil Jackson, but as an executive, of course. I mean, even like there's been a number of other coaches who are quote unquote respected. I mean, Derek Fisher was well thought of when he was hired and then, you know, that didn't work out. Fisdale, well thought of, didn't work out. It does feel it's a little scary that you have this team that the Nets, a guaranteed contender to bring in a coach at that advanced age, though he has been coaching, he has been in the league. There is a small possibility that this could come blow up in the face because typically a move like this, a big outlandish move actually doesn't work out in the NBA. That's not usually the coach that does take the team to the promised land. Now, if we go back to Larry Brown, he didn't do it with the Knicks, but he did do it with the Pistons. You know, he, he gets hired by the Pistons. At that time, Larry Brown was really highly thought of too. He wasn't quite as old as Pop, of course, but there's like layers of caution when you do something this large, this risky to bring in someone who's been, who again, he's only coached at one place his whole career. It is something different. It's not like Phil Jackson who, you know, did move from the Lakers and then left the Lakers and then came back to Lakers and all that stuff. I've got one last little thought floating around in my head. So it's basically like this. It's like, you know, in the last couple of years, the Spurs record has been trending downwards um, mostly since it's high of 67 wins in 2015-2016 season. Um, a great year by every measure, but it's been trending downward. And I wonder if there is some, you know, like it, it's sort of blasphemous to say this. I get that, but that like, you know, Greg Popovich's style is kind of not in, in super vogue, even though it's only, you know, been five years or four years since that season, you know, the game is evolving and changing so rapidly that I wonder if there isn't some unconscious fear <laughs> that that's the case in, in, in and around basketball. And, but here's the thing that I would say, like the qualifier on that is that like Kevin Durant is such a spectacular and special and unique offensive weapon in his way and on his former team on the uh, Warriors he was very much relied upon for his ver Kevin Durant's version of basketball which is uh, shooting his own most high efficiency shot in his own mind and not really caring about the uh, up-tempo three heavy system although he did fit like neatly into that where where needed but like a big part of his agreement there with with that was that Steve Kerr got so much credit meanwhile he went when it came down to crunch time get Kevin the ball and so he can ship base like shoot baseline 20 footers and that was that was a big part of what their offense was doing late in games and he was like you know so so where's your analytics now like that's you know what's up with this uh, and I think it did cause like some some real tension especially caused tension with we've talked about this with Draymond Green as like Draymond Green is probably the player most dependent on a functional system that really works to his advantage to be as good as he is and Kevin Durant is plug and play just about anywhere and the system contorts around his basketball gravity so I think it's actually a pretty interesting fit as Pop kind of goes into his his NBA coaching twilight years as like just a kind of a perfect fit of love two of, of the two ideologies that are basically the same, which is like Kevin Durant, like give your best players whatever position they feel most comfortable making shots in. <laughs> I think that's like generally been Greg Popovich's style. At least it has been recently too. He's letting DeMar DeRozan and, you know, those guys who, who want to be doing certain things. Although DeRozan did start shooting threes. So maybe there's a little bit of, of a hitch in there. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your Nuggets are as safe as possible when the matchup happens. That is copy, baby. That is how you write copy when it's something to do with shaving your junk. A company like Manscaped, a great company. And if you're going to shave your junk, Manscaped is the absolute best company to do so. And I'll tell you why. 
They have the Lawnmower 3.0, which is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. And I could tell you what, if we could put the Lawnmower 3.0 in a time machine and send it back to prehistoric ages when, you know, we were all like, you know, still forming into manliness, cavemen would have really appreciated the Lawnmower 3.0 as well because it's got a ceramic blade, skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to your lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Let me tell you about the Shears 2.0. It's a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slashed tip tweezers, round point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Whew. That is quite a package, and it is the perfect package for you. Go to manscaped.com, use the code THEATHLETIC20, get yourself 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Manscaped.com, THEATHLETIC20 is the promo code, 20% off, free shipping. I'm telling you, do it now. Your life will improve immeasurably. Pop Spurs before the Warriors were playing Warriors basketball and they were winning just as much. And then the Warriors just took it to a whole new level with like the cutting and movement and all that. It, stuff. It, so was it was like Warriors like, basketball minus the super dependency fixation on threes. Right. The Popovich has always been like, if you're a football fan, obviously like Bill Belichick and they, they've always been linked in the way where Pop basically coaches to the talent of his team, which is truly unique in sports even though you think coaches would try to do amplify the best things that their players do the spurs consistently particularly the role players figure out the thing that they can do well and they let them do that thing and i think that could be really helpful i mean really what is this what does this coach need to be for the next nets head coach the talent is going to be there like it particularly let's just say everyone comes back and it's karis and spencer and joe harris and jared allen deandre jordan kevin durant kyrie irving and then signing veteran minimum guys, and but that's your team, right? Like, that's a super talented team. You just need a coach that, like, manages personalities, is respected enough that when he says things to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that they listen, and Pop is certainly that, and, like, just not be such a bad system coach that you're, you're damaging, that you're not being, like, essentially like Jason Kidd was in Milwaukee, that, that your system isn't holding back the talent so much that you're depressing their win total. And we know for a fact Pop isn't going to do that. He is the second best coach in basketball history, unless if you think Red Arbach is the second best coach. To me, Phil Jackson's the greatest coach. I think you just have to give it to Phil for the number of championships and what he was able to do over basically four stints, two with Jordan and then two with the Lakers and, you know, with Shaq and then without Shaq with the Lakers. Pop is number two. Pop is going to run a great system. He's going to know how to communicate with the star athletes and really get them to a place where they need to be. Even though he's grumpy on the sidelines during interviews, he is thought to be as like people. If you come into his like good graces on the team, you're in love with this guy for the rest of your life. I could really see more than Kevin Durant. I could see Kyrie like really loving his Greg Popovich experience. I'd be interested to get a Spurs guy on just kind of like talk. Cause like, I'm just going through, for example, LaMarcus Aldridge's tenure with, with the Spurs. And he basically doesn't shoot threes except like now, just this last year, he shot three a game at 38% all of it out of, out of absolutely nowhere, maybe, ha but he has like weird on and off seasons with that. Um, and I wonder if that's because like Greg Popovich wants that or just gives guys the green light to do that. Or like, where, where does that, it's such a weird thing to be tacking onto your game for a guy of that stature at 34. Just so strange. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about pop to Brooklyn. 
All right. I kind of think a key thing that we talked about in the Shams interview, I've talked about before. I've gotten into this with Irina Pavlova on Twitter. If you don't know who Irina Pavlova is, she used to be like the business leader for the Nets under Mikhail Prokhorov. You guys, uh, that got a little spicy, I detected. Is there spiciness there? Yeah, a little spice. But she she's spice. she's great with spice. She's a yeah. she's a spice maestro. A perfect not like a you know, perfect amount of spice, like a yeah. like a nice curry. She's she's a sharp elbowed businesswoman who's used to dealing with idiots like me. My whole operating theory with everything revolving around Greg Popovich to the Nets is that Joe Sy wants to pursue this. Sean Marks has told him it's unlikely, but I will work to make it happen because you are my boss and I have this relationship with Pop. Pop loves Sean Marks to a tremendous degree. Josai doing this, pursuing this is a little bit of new owner syndrome to me. I don't mean that as a bad thing. It's a thing we see when new people come in and buy teams. They tend to do stuff like this, which is, well, why don't we just hire the best person for the job? Like, why don't we just pursue the number one person? Because in business, I can go to, if I'm, you know, Google, I can go to Bing's best search person and hire Bing's best search person because I'm Google. But in basketball, it doesn't like really work that way. Coaches typically don't jump from team to team just randomly unless they get fired from a place. I think Josiah is coming in and saying, I'm having these conversations with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We know he talks to them. I mean, as he should, he runs the owns the team. And I just think he's coming in and saying, well, let's pursue this because if I have any intuition, there's a chance that this could happen. And if it's a 10% chance, we should pursue it. And if it doesn't work out, oh, well, it's not going to like, we're not going to be embarrassed and we're going to have plenty of other good options out there. But do you agree, Brian, that you think this is solely almost Josiah motivated or is there a larger conspiracy afoot within the Nets organization that does involve Sean Marks? I'm also just trying to put myself in Sean Marks's shoes on this thing and like wondering how much I, I would want to bring because you know it's kind of awkward when you you know work with a guy who you know you are super a super familiar bond with and and he was one at one time your boss or whatever and now all of a sudden like it's i don't know if the gm coach relationship is who's the boss or if there is i mean obviously there's some situations that vary in that and that's in that deal but i and i actually don't know how where the nets stand on that and also this goes into our, our previous conversations about like president of basketball operations whatever like that sometimes bs and sometimes very much not bs job is yeah. <laughs> it's typically bs when the owner's son has that job right uh, <laughs> right and when someone um, else doesn't have, like when someone else has it it usually means something but yeah yeah and i'm just saying like i'm wondering if like if that does come from josiah the pressure to actually really pursue that in earnest from sean marsh be like oh do i really have to does that like i don't want to have that whole big like attempt to court uh, uh you know pull from a relationship that was from my past that i i you know maybe want to just bring on my own new guy and and build a relationship from nothing that becomes my my coach gm relationship of the future i'm wondering if that if that's the case at all I, I guess I do probably see it as like this has like the new owner kind of mystique on it, especially like how widely publicized it's been. I, I think that there's maybe that there's some people are seeing some value in the fact that people know about we're turning over every leaf and leaving no stone unturned and all the things that you turn over to, to find the things you're looking for. <laughs> um, we're we're going to turn them over. Um, but uh yeah, I guess I, I find it interesting how how um, how much we want people to. It seems like in the last like couple of weeks here, report on the fact that we're hotly pursuing Greg Popovich. That part of it seems kind of from the top. Uh, yeah, to and, your point. And Ian Begley from SNY, and I've seen other people say this, or maybe it was Stefan Bondi from Daily News, basically said like it's been an open secret for a while in the NBA that the Nets are going to pursue Popovich. And I even saw. <laughs> 
It was uh, Stefan Bondi who was like, and and Shams's report is nothing new. One, I hate the open secret thing for reporting for a second because <laughs> if it's such a damn open secret, why don't you yourself report it? Now Bondi mm. did write about Popovich to the to the Nets, but he didn't report it. He just said it as like, hey, this could happen, right? Which is like the way I do it. So I, why am I why am I being dismissive of that? Right, but because that's how because my of, whole because life of, is. Yeah, because your yeah. whole ego is built. Like, yeah, yeah, it could happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if it's such an open secret, I do think it's interesting, and you're 100 percent right. Where it's like, I think the Nets, whether it's Joe Sy or Sean Marks, they're they're saying pretty loudly, we are pursuing Greg Popovich, and I think they're saying it so loudly through the megaphone of the media to let Durant and Kyrie know that they're doing it because really the best way to sort of op- to try to get Greg Popovich is to operate in the shadows. This is a, f- a guy who wanted to be a spy, you know, Greg Popovich operate in the shadows. Sean Marks has his phone number. <laughs> they're friends. I'm sure they could, they could talk to each other quickly and Marks could be like, Hey, listen, would do you have any feelings this way? Like we can do it a really official, like sit down and we can, we can draw up a contract or something, but like, just tell me if you have any feelings about coming to the nets and pop could say, Sean, don't waste your time. We're not doing this. Instead. What the nets are doing is making it known very loudly that they're going after Greg Popovich. And I think why they're doing that is to send a message to KD and Kyrie to let them know, as you said, every stone leaf Mm -hmm. bucket, everything will be turned over it'll all be flipped over mug every every scrabble piece Mm. it'll go from blank (laughs) to letter we're gonna flip over every scrabble piece unless it's a blank piece and then go from blank to blank and then you're just madness constantly turning it over (laughs) where's the letter losing your effing mind um but shams did say that there is optimism and i think there we're gonna find out quickly basically if it's not gonna happen right the framework around how this thing would happen is the Nets have to request permission from basically the, the San Antonio Spurs owner to whether they could pursue Popovich. The owner would have to go to Pop and say, hey, do you want to go to Brooklyn? I don't think the Spurs would hold Popovich to his contract if they, in fact, if he did want to go to Brooklyn. The Nets would probably send their first round pick this year, number 19 overall, to the Spurs or maybe next year's unprotected. Nets pick, but I don't know why you'd want next year's if you could just have this year's um, because the Nets should be better than the 19th overall pick. Um, and then then it happens kind of quickly because once Pop makes the decision to say, I want to hear the Nets offer, then that pretty much indicates that he's ready to move on and come to Brooklyn and be the head coach for the Nets. And then we have a beautiful socially distanced press conference at the HSS Center in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, where Michael Grady is asking questions to Greg Popovich and Pop is very charming. And we see KD off to the side standing there and it's like a great moment. And then the Nets have Greg Popovich, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. That is an intriguing thing that we will have to figure out is like if they get Pop, does that move the needle for like that real third star dude? And we'll investigate that. That, We had a whole summer to talk about that. Um, anything else, Brian, before we go? Oh gosh. Um, where to begin? So many things. No, I think that's it. <laughs> I think <laughs> no, God, no. Give I don't want to talk your, about it. <laughs> give me your playoff thoughts in three minutes. I don't want to. Not good. <laughs> Not, yeah. I mean, did you watch yesterday's game? I had, I kept an eye on it, but it was hard. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. Yeah. I, I did like the, I watched maybe an eighth of it just because it was, I wanted to like see Karis Levert. 
yeah, I had it on in my vision, but like processed an eighth of it. I think that's sort of like what, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? That kind of experience. Um, yeah, it was just mostly out of like frustration and like just wanting to fast forward to the point where we're like super good. Like it just like, ugh, okay, fine. Like whatever. I get it. We're going to get dunked on by the stupid Raptors. Who cares? Fine. <laughs> by Norman Powell. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, geez. Yeah. Like, and, and, and also there's like this, just this weird feeling of, I'm happy Levert got this playoff experience. I think he showed a lot. I'm happy Karis Levert got the playoff experience. I think he learned something. You know, he showed uh, an ability to pass out of double teams that does matter. Like, not a lot of players are really good at that. But all I wanted was him not to get hurt and Jared Allen not to get hurt because we we can't go through an offseason where, like, those two guys were randomly hurt and then, one, they couldn't be in trade discussions or, two, they couldn't play with the team when the team starts playing again uh, in December or January. Whenever that happens, and we'll talk much more, you know, whatever. Do you want to <laughs> take us out here, Brian, as you die? Yeah, <clears throat> I am dying. Um, thank you for being here for my death. Um, uh, five stars. We want them. We need them. At BK Glucas on Twitter. The Athletic. Go there. You know, get some get some athletic stuff, more like a subscription, and then put uh, Glue Guys at, at checkout, and you can get a discount. Mike, what's the discount? 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash glue guys. And um, we're going to be tracking the Greg Popovich story pretty consistently here. Uh, we'll be back later this week for much, much more about your nets. We'll probably do a season wrap up in some way, our season superlatives, which we love to do. And just keep following us right here because it this offseason, as exciting as last offseason was with KD and Kyrie, and that was exciting. This is almost going to be more fun because the Nets already have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Those guys are already on the team, so we can relax. Who else could they get? How will the team fit? It's all very exciting stuff. Hey, five stars again. And thanks, thanks Mike, for for doing everything that you do. Thank you. Okay. Still done. Bye.